Hello, hello, and welcome to the Canadian Football Countdown. I'm Ryan Coop, bringing you the first of three podcast episodes this weekend, introducing you to the newest members of our Canadian Football Countdown team. Back at the start of March, we put out the call on social media, looking to expand our podcast team for this upcoming season. And uh, we got some applications in, did some interviews, and as we announced on our social media accounts a few days ago, we are very, very pleased to have Trey Colbeck, Brian Lowe, and Adam Stewart joining myself and Michael Garrell here on the Canadian Football Countdown for this upcoming CFL season. Uh, we're very excited to have them all on board and look forward to being able to provide more great CFL content, including an extra episode each week, all season long. Each week throughout the CFL season, I'll be joined here on the podcast by Mike and Brian on the weekly recap at the start of the week, where we'll break down all the games and biggest news from the past week around the CFL. And then later in the week, Trey and Adam will join myself on the weekly preview, where we'll take a look at the games coming up, talk CFL Pick'em, CFL Fantasy, Prop Bets, and all of that fun stuff as well. During the interview process with each of these guys, I had the pleasure of sitting down with them and recording a short episode of the podcast uh, where we talked about their CFL fandom and got into talking about some of the current events around the CFL as well. And I figured, you know what, let's put this up, let's put this out on the podcast feeds as a way of introducing you, the listeners, to the voices you'll be hearing here all season long. So. Here in this episode, you'll hear my chat with Trey, which we recorded back on March 14th, and you can stay tuned uh, later this weekend for my chats with Brian and Adam as well. Before we kick things off with Trey, I do want to mention we are a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network, and as always, I want to acknowledge that Canadian Football Countdown headquarters are located on Treaty 1 territory, traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Cree, Ojukri, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and the homeland of the Métis Nation. Now let's take you over to my conversation with one of the newest members of the CFC team, Trey Kolbeck. Now let's bring in our guest of honor for this evening. He's an uh, aspiring journalist, a harness racing enthusiast, and a lifelong Winnipeg Blue Bombers fan. I'm pleased to be joined by the great Trey Colbeck. Trey, welcome to the show. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing great, and thanks for having me. Yeah, very excited to have you here today. First question, let's start it off. Uh, let's get your backstory here a little bit uh, in terms of CFL fandom. Uh, how did you first get into the CFL? Uh, it's It's been a family thing. I can't remember the age, but... I vaguely remember my first bomber game and just thinking like, wow, what is this? You know, I want to do this as much as possible. Um, I grew up in Vernon, Manitoba. So coming to games all the time, wasn't always uh, the easiest with a three hour drive and also growing up in the middle. It's right in the middle of Regina and Winnipeg. So definitely CFL is strong. There tends to lean more green, but yeah, I mean, it's all right though. And, and then just slowly coming to games, coming to games and, when I moved to Winnipeg a few years ago, I became season tickets and just it's always in the CFL has just been a love of mine ever since I first saw my first football game. Right on, right on. So you mentioned being a season ticket holder now. What what does the game day experience look for look like for you? Uh, this last season, um, usually I get off the transit bus. I had, well, I have two sons, but I just welcomed my third one. So this will be a little Congratulations. different. Thank you. So usually me, my girlfriend, my two boys, we get off the bus and we head over to the parking lot to tailgate nice. and, you know, get in on all the festivities. 
Uh, it's been a little weird with COVID, obviously, but hopefully this summer will be more than normal. And then just, you know, walk into the stadium, maybe grab a beer or a Pepsi and get the kids some popcorn and head up to the seats. And I'm in the upper deck. I'm top row so I can see everything. Oh, interesting. See, I, I, I'm the same way all, all the time. Uh, upper deck, I'm up in section 234. And we're close. I, we're close. I'm oh, yeah? Yeah, 232. Okay, well, then we're, we're meeting at a game this summer <laughs> um, for sure. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, upper deck, I love it as well. You, you get the better view. I, I've sat in the lower bowl a couple of times for games, and it's, uh, it's fun. It's a different experience, but uh, more often than not, I love the top-down view of the game for sure. The lower bowl tends to be the party zone, especially the end zones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, do you have a specific favorite CFL memory? Oh, that's a good question. Not really CFL per se, but I played football as a kid and I went to the Milt Stiegel camp. And, you know, anytime Ooh. you get to Milt, meet Milt Stiegel and play receiver in front of him, it's definitely an experience. Um, I guess maybe more generically CFL. Probably when the Bombers won their cup in 2019. Being only 26, I've never was never around for the 91, and just to have that experience. And like I said, growing up kind of in green country my whole life, it would be it was nice to actually have, uh, to be able to be like, yeah, we've won more recently than you. <laughs> yeah, and of course, uh, one more recently than everybody. Exactly ago, right. So yeah. uh, it's been a good run the past couple of years, much the same way here for myself. Never had seen seen a Bombers win before then, so uh, super excited with that 2019 now uh th this may have led into a, th what the the answer might be for the next one but uh favorite player past and present i gotta go with steagle yeah he's yeah pretty hard to go against him you know um and then nowadays it's hard to stay with one team you know your whole career so you got to give him props for that and he was through obviously some tough times he's the one guy in any sport that deserves the ring the most i think and uh yeah, probably. it's hard to go against Turtle Man Steedle. Steagle, holy. <laughs> right. Yeah, what about right now on the current team? Do you have a favorite? That's a good question. I oh, I was going to say Harris, but not anymore, obviously. <laughs> yeah. uh, just that old line in general, you know, uh, all across the board with Yoshi and Hardrick and um, Couture and all them. It, it, you know, they, they're mean and tough and, you know, Andrew Harris is a great runner, but I don't know if he would get nearly as many yards if, if he has a different O-line. So it'll be interesting to see what he does in Toronto. Now, we'll get into talking some more about some of the offseason stuff in a bit here yet, but I'll mix it in here now while we're talking about him. Andrew Harris, big news in the offseason, of course, was the departure here from Winnipeg going off to Toronto to sign with the Argos. Uh, what's your take on the whole Andrew Harris situation? Good move by the Bombers to move on. Sad to see him go. Bit of both. Perfect move. Perfect move because you got to go with the two younger guys. Um, and just from a football standpoint, it's a miracle Andrew Harris has made it this far as a running back. A, a Canadian on top of that, uh, not didn't go to, you know, CIS or anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, to say that he's already in his 30s and he still wants to go, you know, in that position is very tough. Most guys with the average shelf life four years at best. So you have to go with the two guys. You probably, we need to know salaries, but I'm assuming the two of them probably are the same price as Andrew Harris. And even if Harris run, well, leads the league in rushing again, I can't see him doing that for many more years. So they definitely got the probably the second and third best Canadian running backs in the league currently. 
Yeah, it's one of those things where it's sad because of his legacy here, right? But to, to me, it's uh, it's definitely the good move. Yeah, you you want to make the move earlier before it's too late, right? All of a sudden, he plays a couple games this season, gets injured. Oh, you've let Oliveira, Augustine potentially go. Now what are you going to do, right? You're rebuilding yeah. from scratch there. We're in agreement definitely on that one. Uh, now, this is an interesting question when it comes to the CFL because players change teams so often. Uh, but do you have a favorite player on another team? Hmm. That's a tough one, too. <laughs> I, re- I really used to love Weston Dressler, and then he came to Winnipeg. But currently, I probably – I kind of like – I hate his attitude, but I do like Bo Le- Levi Mitchell. It's hard. It's hard to go against him, and I kind of leave that the attitude and the off-field stuff away from when I think is a good player or play. So I'm going to go with Bo Levi. That was a tough season for Bo Levi Mitchell this yeah. past year, right? Uh, injuries certainly hurt it a little bit. It seemed like he couldn't really get the game going at times. Uh, what do you think coming into this year for him? Uh, do we see a bounce back year? Or uh, do we see maybe, uh, you know, the beginning of the changing of a guard there going forward? I, I, I see the changing of the guard and not necessarily based off of his play. But if you look at the other four teams in the West, you know, you have Winnipeg in their defense. I don't think they're going to give anyone much time to do anything if they keep playing the same way. Um, and Edmonton, what's going on there with Chris Jones and the whole rebranding and everything. It's just, again, you never know what could happen. BC, they lose the big salary cap crunch of uh, Michael Riley. So you never know what they could do with that extra money. And then Saskatchewan's always going to be Saskatchewan. They're always going to be annoying to the West, every team, and especially the Western teams. So I, I could see Calgary falling short of the playoffs or maybe sliding into that crossover third position this year for sure. Okay, right on, yeah. Uh, it's one of those things where you, you, I always expect Calgary to take a step back, but I'm never going to predict them to until it happens, right? Because uh, it doesn't seem like it. More well, I, often I, not. You know, I'm a betting guy with my horse racing background, so you, sometimes you got to go all in on the long shot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there we go. What's what? What's the early March prediction? Who are we? Who's who's the bet going on for, for Grey Cup 2022? I'm going to go Winnipeg in the West. Okay, I'm going to I might be a little biased, but I use, again, when you live through that 29-year drought, it's hard to pick them, even after winning two in a row. But they just got, you know, Zach um, Zach Calero is coming off his season. Hard to go against that O-line. Two great running backs, like we talked about. The defense, the defense. And the only thing that seems to be missing is a kicker again, and we made it fine last year in Winnipeg. So going to be Winnipeg going for the three-peat. In the East, it's interesting. I feel like I think Hamilton's going to take a step back. I don't know about Ottawa, so I'm going to go with Toronto. I think Andrew Harris will see his old team in the Great Cup. Oh, wouldn't that be a juicy finish there? In Regina, eh? yep. <laughs> in Regina of all places yeah. yet, too. Everybody's, uh, everyone in Saskatchewan's favorite player against their favorite team, right? Exactly. Um, you, you mentioned the background in horse racing. Uh, talk a little bit about that. Uh, How did you get into all that, and uh, what kind of stuff you all got going on with that? Yeah, so it's it, it was another family thing. Um, had family who owned harness racing horses and it was just a summer activity always going out to do um i got more involved and it was interesting just a few years ago i decided to go back to school university of winnipeg for communications i thought you know what i really love talking sports why don't i get paid to do it or paid to you know do something about it and then just a few months later a little facebook message popped up there they looked for uh for a new announcer and i was like well 
that's almost a sign, right? I want to get into it. And it's a sport I know about. One thing led to another. I'm, I got the job after some auditions and it's been great. And I've had the opportunities to cover it for, uh, uh, I'm a United States Harness Racing Writers Association member. And I've worked for Standard Bread Canada, which is like the top website and monitor for it in Canada as a summer intern. So it's oh, been wow. a good time. Yeah. Wow. Fantastic. That's really cool. Um, I don't know much about harness racing myself, I'll admit, but uh, hopefully a semi-related question. Uh, which CFL player would you take in a horse race? Take take the horses you see out on the track, line a CFL player up beside them. Any of them stand a chance? And if so, who are you taking? Ah, that's a good one, too. I'll take Oliveira. He seems pretty fast. He seems really fast. And, you know, if they're running in between each other, he seems like he's able to juke out of the way if someone uh, loses a little bit of steam late down the stretch. Oh, I like it. I like it. Uh, let's get the quick six, the mascot. Well, not the mascot, but the horse on the sidelines in Calgary. Let's get them lined up in one of these races. Or, yeah. Or set up a CFL race, uh, you know, quick six, and uh, maybe we throw in uh, Brady Oliveira, Brandon Banks, Lucky Whitehead, the likes of them. Uh, yeah. CFL needs an all-star game. But let's get an all-star skills competition. I'll go with the skills. The The Pro Bowl is one of the hardest things to watch, and I would hate to see the CFL uh, do the same thing. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. I, I meant the skills competition. The skills is hands down the only thing that's worth watching in any sport. Yeah, no, that would be an interesting idea to see uh, the, the CFL develop that this uh, this coming season or in the future. Uh, one of the hot button topics all of the time, of course, is the marketing of the CFL. Um, do you have any ideas uh, for how the league can better market itself? I th hmm. I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant, maybe. I feel the league sits in this place where they try to cater to the old school fan, you know, the diehard where, you know, oh, here comes the rock. We better run away kind of thing. You know, oh, we can't do this, can't do that. And then I think you miss out on the key demographics that every sport's going for. And that's that younger one, you know, so when you seem to cater and the old time fans got us through tough times and they're just as important, but you got to balance it out a little bit more. I think, I think you need to go younger. I really like seeing what Edmonton's doing after the new ownership. So I think you need more of that. I don't, you don't sometimes even through the year, you don't see teams on social media. You got to do that more. Um, but yeah, like I think you need to take more advantages. Maybe not necessarily do a merge, but maybe that XFL thing you could have looked at more because now they're with NFL. Uh, you know, definitely a video game. I, I Other than the CFL, I only ever got into football because of Madden. And I'm sure a lot of kids and young guys can say that. So you got to look at the younger generation a lot more. Yeah, I'm the same way. You know, never typically been a huge NFL guy, but did play a bunch of Madden growing up. And then it was kind of the foray into the CFL. And I agree. Let's get a CFL game out there. I, I know Canuck play uh, tried to get a, a game going. Uh, unfortunately, the CFL didn't back them uh, at the time, but uh, maybe this pass of it, they will. But uh, it seems like such a glaringly obvious thing that uh, could potentially lead to some more marketing for the league for sure, right? Yeah, well, you look at NHL, they have like every junior team, all those teams in Europe, you know, guys' names you can't even thing to pronounce and then you can't just do a madden cfl pack or you know like you said canuck game the cfl can't just i think it's something the cfl should only just not like say hey 
we want the free marketing. Don't like, don't take the dot, take the bite and just don't even take a dime from it necessarily right off the stop and just get it out there. Cause it's free marketing. Yeah. I think the entire league can take examples of good marketing from Victor Cooey, the new uh, president over in Edmonton, who, uh, I mean, they, they sold a ton of season tickets in one day, uh, due to a good family day promotion. I think just earlier today at the day we're recording this announced, uh, some initiative for like a president or CEO for the day type of thing within the organization. Like, honestly, every time I log on Twitter in the morning, I'm just more and more in, in, in love platonically with this man. Uh, because, uh, of the crazy things that he's doing and they're working clearly exactly and i think he did a good mix of what i just said so like he's doing the social media that gets that younger audience but then he also listened to the fans and brought the double e logo back right so i think he did a good balance there yeah for sure um you mentioned you you know you've been uh you've been going to bomber games here season ticket holder now here in winnipeg have you have you managed to travel around to any of the other stadiums as well a little bit i think i have my fair share i went to uh, BC place great cup. I can't remember the year now, 14, 15, whenever they just had it. Um, as I've been to old Iverwind and Rogers center when football games were played there. So fair bit been to a couple, uh, one labor day and a couple playoff games in mosaic. So I need to get Alberta and more of Ontario, but I'm getting there. Yeah. Do you have a favorite of the ones uh, you've been to? Like you can't beat labor day. Or playoffs there. Not anytime those two teams get together, Banjo Bowl, Labor Day playoffs, you know, and relatively speaking, especially because I grew up in the Western Manitoba, they're all, you're all family neighbors. So it's just a good time. Right on. Yeah. That's definitely a bucket list item for me. Make it out to, uh, to Mosaic there for a game. Never traveled to another stadium myself, hopefully one day uh, in the future as well. You mentioned there's a couple you haven't been to yet. Uh, are any of those to you stand out as uh, the next one you want to cross off the list? Uh, definitely have to hit Alberta uh, with the Bombers being back in the West. I definitely need to see that. Um, Commonwealth and getting up. Those, both of those stadiums are getting up there in years, so you never really know how much longer they could be there too. So definitely want to hit those too. And I like the new, I have, I went to Iverwind, but never been to Tim Hortons or the TD mm. in Ottawa. So, you know, definitely want to see the newer stadiums as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we talked about, you know, your, your work with the horse racing and, and all of the work you've done with that. Uh, what made you want to, you know, go from the horse racing? Of course you are a CFL fan, but what made you want to trend, uh, not transition, but kind of branch out here and dive into the world of CFL podcasting? Like you said, CFL fan. If there's one sport that I could li- like only talk about for the rest of my life, it could definitely be football and Canadian football. Um, and like you know, the horse racing is great, but it's very seasonal. It's mm. only during the summer here, and you know, you never know how that sport's gonna go. It's kind of on the decline. So definitely thought need to reach out. Um, you know, I definitely. I think football is the easiest sport I can talk about. I could talk football all day. I annoy my girlfriend and everybody all the time talking it. So why not talk about it with some people who actually want to listen to me talk about it? Right on. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit about kind of the current events around the CFL. Uh, of course, ha- hometown Winnipeg Blue Bombers backed back Grey Cup champions. The drought ends in 2019. They managed to keep the whole team or a good chunk of the team together for 2021 and come out with the cup there. Uh, overall thoughts on, on this past season for the Bombers? 
it was definitely great because the difference between 2019, they, you know, they seemed like the underdog the whole year. They, you know, snuck in third, the three row games to win it. So the change to 2021, they were the team to beat, which I don't, you know, since the Swaggerville days, we haven't really been able to say that in Winnipeg, where, you know, Winnipeg's the, the team you circle, you actually kind of want to go to IG Field. No one ever really wanted to go to Canada ins, right? So that that the whole change there was really nice as a fan that you actually kind of felt proud to go to a game, you know, like because my first season tick for your uh, year I season tickets, I think was Drew Willie when he was here. And it's just, you know, I think I took my jersey, I bought a jersey of him and I shouldn't have. I think I took it off by the oh, third or fourth game and it just it's hard to swallow as any fan base, um, especially in the nine team league. I feel for Hamilton right now, you know, with that with their drought, they're probably easily another that second passionate fan behind maybe Winnipeg and Saskatchewan. So, but just as a whole for the season, I think it was very well fought. And which that's the only thing that made me nervous is we took out the big dog in 2019. So is it our turn to fall? But the boys, especially the boys on defense, you know, they kept us in in that West Final with five or six picks Claros through and the terrible weather and no one could get traction. And then you go to Hamilton and they're just as hungry for, you know, being upset by us last, or well, last season. And, and then everyone's just extra excited to get a great cup in after the couple of years we've had uh, globally. Now winning back back championships, it's certainly not easy to keep a team together coming out of that. Right. Uh, how do you feel about how Kyle Walters and his crew have done as a whole so far this off season? I really haven't seen anything he could done better. You know, he kept the, he kept the old line. He's got Claros back there. He kept the running backs. He should have kept, uh, and anything he seemed to have lost, he replaced. I knew he lost a couple on the receiving core with Lawler and um, Darvin Adams, but he did get Ellingson, which I think is a big move. And again, the defense, he kind of seemed to just keep it all together. Those those guys just seem to be so knit back there that I don't know if they seem to take a pay cut or they just want to play here and they don't seem to want to go anywhere else unless it's maybe down south. Yeah, I think they did a great job of keeping together the bulk of the team. To me, the, the offensive line is the biggest piece, right, to keep pretty much that whole crew together. Uh, they've The Bombers have shown in recent years, if you can have a solid offensive line, you're going to be a successful team, right? So uh, I think that's the biggest thing is both offensive and defensive lines bringing those two big groups back. Exactly. And with the change of Caleros coming in, we definitely got stronger um, in the passing game, but when you have that run game and that O-line, you can just do anything you want. Yeah, for sure. We talked about, uh, you know, Andrew Harris being the big departure, some of those receivers as well. Uh, who's the biggest subtraction for you uh, this offseason? Sergio Castillo. <laughs> Sergio Castillo. <laughs> and that was the only aspect the Bombers had missed out on with Medlock leaving. I understand why he's got it, you know, probably got a pay increase there and Edmonton, the, definitely the culture there seems to be very, I, I can't argue with what's going on there. So I could see why um, the guys, other guys they had in the in the mix last year, you know, the kicker shouldn't be getting booed by the whole stadium. You know, it's not, and it's not something because the kicker should be 90 plus percent. Uh, so I really felt for those guys because I wouldn't want to do it, but I think they really need to address that. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely something uh, I agree as well. You know, it's a bit nerve wracking coming into another year, not knowing what's going to happen at that position. Uh, I would say to me, that's the kind of the one hole 
on the roster coming into the new season at this point, two months before the season starts. Uh, what about you? Do you see any holes you're hoping the team tries to fill yet? Nope, definitely kicker. Uh, and they usually address this, but I like, I want to see them maybe add a little bit more to the um, secondary. And they always seem to do really good from uh, NFL drafting or NML, NFL scouting point. Uh, they always seem to be able to fill in like last year when they lost Winston Rose and sales, like, you know, next man up mentality. Um, but they definitely can never be uh, too short in that position. Yes, absolutely. Um, now, one of the bigger things for the Bombers as well was uh, Kenny Lawler going to the Edmonton Elks for $300,000, a big expensive contract for a receiver in the CFL. Did that surprise you, him commanding that much money on the open market? I thought it was surprising he would went to Edmonton with just what they're doing. I thought BC, he had a mix and BC was in the mix just with them losing uh, Michael Riley's contract and now having the Canadian guy who was making probably minimum uh, definitely had some flexibility, but to go take the payday. No, I definitely thought he was worth that with what he did here and what just one minor legal hiccup his time here. He has been a fantastic player out the field. For sure. Um, what else, to, what else has stood out to you so far this off season from around the CFL? Uh, you know, definitely a lot more positivity this year, which is great to see being able to get the year in and like, uh, previous off season, the old, the whole XFL talks just seemed to really put a damper on a lot of the fan base's spirits with thinking the losing their tradition and all that. So just as a whole, that I feel like the whole CFL vibe, which is what the CFL is, is it's, you know, fan base and the vibe around it is a lot more upbeat this year. And, it, you know, even though it's not my fan base personally, it's great to see what Edmonton's doing. Um, I like, you know, I hope it seems like Toronto's going in a more forward path, like fan base wise. It seems they're growing more and more. And hopefully Andrew Harris could help that out. And, um, just the positivity. That's all I like to see in, in sports. I like being negative, but I like seeing other people be positive. <laughs> I love that answer. Uh, spread the positivity, everybody. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super pumped for this upcoming season. I think it'll be an interesting one, uh, too, in terms of how we see things play out on the field. Because uh, you've got those teams at the bottom, like Edmonton seemingly improved. You know, BC missed the playoffs last year, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, you know, they've made some interesting moves this offseason, gone two Canadians at quarterback with Michael Riley uh, being, uh, you know, retired now. Uh, and Ottawa has just improved tremendously off the field with some of their offseason moves. Of the teams that missed the playoffs, are there any teams for you that you think uh, are going to make a big leap forwards into I say a big leap into a playoff spot. It's really not huge necessarily. But which of those teams do you see being most improved this season? As long as everyone that Chris Jones is bringing back together, I see Edmonton doing a big jump. I don't know how much of that is, you know, just the flash offseason talk and how much of the, how many of those guys will actually be on the roster come um, come June. But I think if that that a lot of those guys, yeah, they maybe haven't played for a couple of years, but so have the guys that are always on the roster. They had the big year and a half off, so I don't think it'd be too bad. And a year off of football is never a down like too bad. Um, that's my West. I think that's my long shot pick in the West and. It, Ottawa in the East, like you got to believe in Lapo. I really hope he has a good uh, head coaching stint and they got Mazzoli and they've made a lot of improvements. So I think that will be my long shot gray cup prediction. Oh, I like it. 
Uh, and any team that you know that that had a good season last year that you think uh, we might see fall off uh, a little bit this year? The Hamilton Tiger Cats, because like I said, I think Toronto could be on a surge, and Ottawa definitely both seem to be improving. And Montreal, you know, they're right there. They're maybe just missing a couple pieces as well. And it's you know when you've lost twice twice like they have, it's sometimes hard to keep those guys because those guys on those rosters might be like, well, maybe I want to go somewhere else to win doesn't seem to be working here and in a fan place that you know has a big drought it's definitely hard to play and so i think they they could miss the playoffs this year uh and then you know lots of flurry of activity around the the cfl this offseason as it is every offseason because of the short contracts the negotiation window etc uh, what are your thoughts on that on that whole situation there you know how we how we see kind of the revolving doors over and over again uh, in the CFL. Well, it kind of ties into what we talked earlier. I think you, it, you need to get the young fan base into it. And by doing that, it's selling jerseys. And you don't really sell blank jerseys, but somehow the CFL does it. And, um, you know, uh, I'm also a pretty big Jays fan. In baseball, you get 10-year contracts. So you know, you're, you know, maybe you won't, can't go that far in football, but it's definitely nice knowing that they have that guy locked up for that time. Uh, so, and one one year contracts have a place in sports, but they shouldn't be the only thing. You shouldn't, you know. I think the max is four in the CFL. I could definitely see that bumping it up to, you know, the six seven like the NFL has. And I don't understand the the big drawback on long contracts because the CFL seems to cut a guy anyway. And I understand the players don't want to sign those long contracts for that reason. I don't know if you could do guaranteed contracts per se in football just with the how of a violent sport it is, but I definitely, the players do deserve maybe more upfront money on some of those longer contracts. So they're more willing to sign four five, six years, stay in a franchise market, you know, and then you're able to, you know, make roots here. Like the Bombers seem to be doing it all right on their own, but other, you know, I think I, I would like to know the guys are getting locked up two to four years more than one. Yeah. And I think we've at times seen a bit of a trend of that in recent seasons with a couple of contracts. I feel like this offseason I saw more two-year contracts at least than, I, than I've ever seen before. But again, it's two years of a player's commitment and not necessarily from the team, unfortunately, which ends up in a bit of a weird situation. Um, you know, looking at the Bombers roster now, looking at those, some of the rosters around the league, uh, is there anybody on one of the other teams you wish the Bombers could just pick and put on theirs? Yeah, that's a good one. Hmm. You know, I have a fascination with Deron Carter, and <laughs> I, I really do. Look, again, I try to take the off-field stuff out of the equation. Would he be good for the franchise as a whole? Probably not. But again, I said we need to work on our secondary, and having a guy like that who has been historically able to play both receiver and corner, and that electricity, and again, it's always nice seeing former riders in the blue. So... He's a guy that when I saw that he came back, I was like, I mean, he doesn't fit the Winnipeg O'Shea mentality, unfortunately. But if he was, you know, said, you know what, for one year and I come win a cup and I'm just going to, you know, stay in line, I think he would have made really fit into that energy that kind of this Swaggerville 2.0 uh, with dark side defense they we have in Winnipeg. I, I, I love that answer. <laughs> I would love to see. Just it's kind of like fight fire with fire. The 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 discipline of Mike O'Shea versus the the personality of Deron Carter. What wins in that situation? And mm -hmm. I would be very interested to see 
how that all plays out. Uh, the CFL season, final question here before we get ready to wrap things up. The, the CFL season uh, preseason kicks off in about two months from now. Uh, so football is right around the corner here. What are you most excited about, most looking forward to with the season being uh, back shortly? Fingers crossed, of course, that, yeah. it, that it is. Uh, look, just that whole atmosphere again with um, the game day and especially in Winnipeg with the smaller but passionate markets in the league. You just really feel like you're there. It's a family event for me, you know, and I'll probably take my newborn there. So it'll be his first games and my older oh. kids, seven and four, you know, they've been going for years. They love it. They love the first down, you know, they love the, the girl mentality. And it's just it that three hours is just basically family time for me. And then I, after the game, I kind of think about it more uh, logistically. I love that. I love that. Uh, well, Trey, it's been a blast having you here, uh, getting to meet you here, getting to know a little bit more about you. We'll hopefully uh, get to hear more from you here on the podcast throughout the season. Uh, but before I wrap things up here, uh, plug whatever you want. Where where can people find you? Social media, anything you got going on, etc. Hey, you can find me at Trey MB Harness on Twitter. It's my name, Trey. Uh, Manitoba MB and Harness Racing, the best kind of horse racing there is. Pretty simple to remember. Uh, we there's a new track opening up in winnipeg so any winnipeg oh, fans if you go to the red river x that's where it's located that first weekend of the red river x i will be in the booth with uh hopefully a good full day of racing and a lot over the summer or if you want to check out more about the racing uh, manitoba harness we're always looking for new fans in manitoba and uh that's about it yeah right on any final thoughts before i wrap things up no, man, I'm just really hoping that I get to talk to everyone more. This has been a blast. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that little conversation there with Trey, getting to know a little bit more about him, his CFL fandom, and his thoughts on some current events around the CFL. As I mentioned off the top of the episode, you will be able to hear Trey on the uh, weekly preview episode here on the Canadian Football Countdown all season long. You'll hear from him throughout the off seasons as well. Very excited to have Trey as part of the team. Uh, make sure you check him out on social media at Trey MB Harness on Twitter. Uh, you can find the the podcast on Twitter at CF Countdown Pod on Facebook as well. The Canadian Football Countdown there. You can find me on Twitter at Cooper Trooper Forty Two. Make sure you also check out all the other great shows from around the Canadian Football Podcast Network. You can find those on Twitter at CF Pod Network. And uh, whatever podcast platform you're listening on, I'd appreciate it if you take the time to like, comment, subscribe, do all those fun things, rate, review, share the show with your friends, help us grow the show. Always very much appreciate that. And uh, stay tuned. Uh, we'll have uh, two more episodes out yet this weekend, introducing you to the other newest members of the team, Brian Lowe, Adam Stewart. So look forward to my conversations with both of them and uh, lots more fun off-season content to come over the coming weeks uh and then hey cfl season kicks off in uh just about two months here so uh exciting times ahead as always thanks for listening take care have a good one bye